Black Mental Health with your host, Ty Dyer. I am a graduate student studying at Florida International University. Currently, I am interning in trauma, working in a diverse population, serving children, adolescents, and adults. I created my Black Mental Health to be a resource to the community to learn about mental health. My goal is to normalize mental health in the areas of depression, anxiety, and trauma. I hope to destigmatize and I hope that you learned something. Check out the latest episodes on Anchor, Apple, or Google Podcasts and many other podcast sites. If you want more info, check out the IG or the like the Facebook page. Remember, the more you know, the better you feel and heal. Hello, guys. It's been a little minute. Let me just give you a little bit of an update about where I've been and why I took the hiatus. So about a month or two ago, I went on a hiatus. I took a little break from my black mental health just to focus on school. If you guys remember, I am a graduate student studying at Florida International. And right before my hiatus, it was just in the middle of my practicum, which is what we called field experience. So in counselor student ed world um i said that all backwards in counselor ed world we have what is called a field experience some programs are a little bit different but mine is broken up into two semesters where i go on practicum and then i go on internship this is where we get the face-to-face experience with clients and we learn a little bit more about the helping relationship and more about being a helping professional So my practicum is at a site that is specializing in trauma, and that's kind of what I want to do when I um, get my license. I want to work in the areas of trauma and families. So right now I am starting um, my internship portion of my field experience, and it's a little bit more hands-on. I'm doing more direct counseling, doing more groups, doing more intakes, and I'm extremely thankful for the opportunity. But I decided to put my mental health first because I was juggling a lot. My practicum, my classes, an exit exam, and the podcast. And I was starting to get overwhelmed. So I decided to prioritize and take a break from the podcast so I could focus on all my other responsibilities. But enough about me. How have you guys been? See, while I've been interning, I've learned a couple of tricks and trades of you know, the helping relationship, and I want to implement something in my show. So right before the show starts, before we get into a discussion, I want to do a little bit of a check-in with you guys, just to see how y'all are doing. So at my practicum, we do this, or, well, at my internship, we do this, and um, it's just to prepare to see how our clients are doing, just to make sure that they're fit enough to do trauma work, because it involves them really viewing and processing what has happened to them and honestly many of our discussions revolve around trauma depression and anxiety and these are heavy topics and I want to make sure you guys are in the right space this includes your mind and your surroundings before you begin this discussion so I'm going to start by asking you guys three check-in questions question one did you have enough rest Question two, do you have enough time? And question three, are you comfortable? 
Before we start a discussion on anything like trauma, depression, or anxiety, we want to make sure that you've had enough rest and that your brain can handle the discussion or handle what we're about to process. Step two or question two in the check-in asks if you had enough time. Um, well, we usually ask this with clients just because we want to make sure whatever we open, we're able to close. And I guess that applies here too. Whatever we open as a discussion, we want to make sure that we have the opportunity to fully open it and fully close it. And we don't want to leave anything left unsaid or we don't want to leave you um, left with any heavy feelings or thoughts. And the last question in the check-in is asking if you're comfortable. Now this means if you're comfortable physically, but it also means if you're comfortable with what we're talking about. Maybe you haven't had this discussion or you haven't had this conversation with anyone else and you're not ready for it, and that's okay too. Remember, healing has to be on your own terms. No one can really force it to happen, and that's okay. Anything related to mental health, your personal growth, and making yourself better and processing what happened to you has to be on your own terms. Don't allow anyone to push you through the healing process because honestly, it won't work. If you aren't comfortable, give it some time and give yourself some compassion. If you are comfortable and you've had enough rest and you have enough time, grab your favorite cup of tea or coffee, get cozy on that couch. Let's start season three, episode one, trauma. So if you guys remember back to one of the episodes I did on racial trauma, I went ahead and defined trauma for you guys. Trauma is the body's response to danger or perceived threat. It overwhelms one's coping abilities. So our brains go into survival mode because it believes that there's danger or threat around us. That traumatic event can be something that we faced or witnessed. It can be an immediate threat to ourselves or to a loved one, and it often is followed by serious injury or harm. The reaction one has to a traumatic event may impact their daily life after the event, and that is called traumatic stress. I talked a little bit about that too in um, the episode on ACEs, and I'll give you guys a little bit of a refresher. So we're able to deal with tolerable stress. That is like the stress of the first day of work at a new job, where you're not really sure how the day is going to go on, but it's manageable. Then we have what is toxic stress, where it's probably an ongoing thing that is causing you stress, and then traumatic stress where it's unbearable and it interrupts your daily life functioning and it makes it hard to function. I'll get into that a little bit in the episode that I'm going to do on trauma and the effects on our brain. For this episode, I just want to give you a little bit more information about the different types of trauma out there. Because I did do an episode on racial trauma, I felt that it was best to inform you guys about the other types of trauma. So now that we know a little bit more about trauma, I'm going to tell you a little bit about acute trauma. Acute trauma is basically when someone goes through a singular traumatic event in their life. So this can be an accident, like a car accident, being a victim of a crime or bullying, or a natural disaster. It's possible that you've experienced one of these things in the past and you find yourself still trying to make sense of it. And unfortunately, resolving trauma isn't as simple as people make it seem. Many times people are just told to get over it, but honestly, you need to be able to process these things because just trying to force yourself to get over it and move past it can do more harm to you than doing good. 
It is best not to try to ignore the trauma or the incident that happened to you. Because when trauma goes ignored and it isn't processed in a therapeutic manner, our brain responds by holding on to the memory and in hopes of being able to address it later. So that's what happens when you hear, you smell, or you see something that reminds you of the event. Your body is still holding on to the memory some way. It's just holding on to it via your senses. But hold on, just wait. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in another episode. So we're going to continue to build here. We talked about trauma and acute trauma. And now we're going to talk a little bit about chronic trauma. Chronic trauma is a repetitive form of trauma that happens over an extended period of time. So chronic trauma, some um, examples of that would be like domestic violence or child abuse or even war. So with chronic trauma, it can be made up of several instances of acute trauma. So different events that happened that were traumatic. Or it could be one traumatic event that happens over a course of time, years. And that's where you see more or less domestic violence. It's one account of trauma that just keeps happening over and over again in the cycle. So a lot of the times you will hear people using chronic trauma or complex trauma interchangeably. But when I talk about complex trauma, I'm going to be referring to the children's exposure to traumatic events and the impact that the exposure has on their immediate outcomes. So this is on their behavior, their thoughts, and their environment. Complex traumatic exposure kind of refers to the experiences that children go through. It's a multiple, multiple traumatic events that can occur within their caregiving system. So this could be their parents, their living situation. This is a little bit more about what we talked about with ACEs. And this can extend to their social environment. So this can be living through traumatic events within their community, their schools, among their peers. And that also extends to um, the safety and the stability of the child. Typically, complex trauma exposure is different um, occurrences of child maltreatment, including either emotional abuse or neglect, sexual abuse, physical abuse, or even witnessing domestic violence. Something that is important to understand with complex trauma within children is that it begins early in childhood. The initial traumatic experiences begin with parental neglect or emotional abuse and it results in emotional deregulation of the child. They lose the safe base and they lose a sense of direction and the inability to detect danger cues because remember their body is going to continuously live in survival mode. They're not going to be able to understand when they are being led to some more um, exposure. So this does lead to exposure to trauma whether this is emotional, physical, or sexual abuse. Or it could lead to community violence, joining gangs, owning firearms, things of that nature. So now that we're talking a little bit about the kiddos, I did want to talk a little bit about generational and developmental trauma. With generational trauma, it's important to understand that it is a trauma that happened years before the current generation, and it has effects on the way that the members of the family understand and cope with and heal from trauma. So this could be many years ago, it can lead from all the way from slavery, or it can be 
the upbringings of where you were raised maybe your mom or your dad dealt with trauma and that trauma has been passed down through your family through generations and because of how your family's generations used to cope or understood how to heal from trauma that is what you learned as well and that's how you currently cope and deal with trauma some people have the attitude where they don't deal with it at all some people have the attitude where they only deal with it with their families and some people have the attitude where they go and they seek mental health um, help from professionals however you see fit of dealing with your trauma is in basis of how your family saw fit of dealing with trauma and mental health issues while developmental trauma often gets confused with generational trauma developmental trauma happens early in life also but it's when an individual experiences a traumatic event and it disrupts their normal brain development so it impacts the way that we socially or emotionally or cognitively developed as a child to current adult So now we got a better understanding about trauma and the different types of trauma. I want to end this episode to talk a little bit about the little kiddos and to just shed some light about the fact that it is September and it is um, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And with the pandemic going on and everyone still distance learning, I want to inform you guys a little bit about complex trauma and children who deal with it and what their outlook might be like living through the pandemic right now so children who are dealing with complex trauma these are children whose families do not provide them a consistent safe and comfort and protection and they haven't you know developed ways of coping that allows them to survive and function day to day so for instance they may be experiencing overly sensitive moods they're always watching out um, for the adults around them and they're trying to figure out how they should behave Sometimes, depending on the type of trauma that they're dealing with, like domestic violence, if they're witnessing that, they're trying to figure out if it's because of them, if they have some blame placed on them, they're going to feel that however they act and they feel will improve the situation. See, these types of learned adaptations make sense to the child and they, whenever they feel that there's a physical or emotional threat present, they're going to in turn try to prevent it from happening by acting in a different way. That's how we learn these behaviors that may become unhelpful in the future as adults. So majority of abused and neglected children have difficulty developing strong relationships with caregivers. Children who do not have healthy attachments have been shown to be more vulnerable to stress. They have trouble controlling their emotions or even expressing their emotions and may react violently or inappropriately to situations. So this could be what you're seeing in your distance learning classes, that children are going through some events at home and then when they get on to you know their learning platform whether it's zoom or teams or whatever you guys are using they are disrupting the class they're unmuting their mics they're you know agitated they're frustrated not only are they trying to adjust to distance learning which is hard I can tell you I'm a graduate student and it's hard but they're also trying to adjust to being at home 24 7 and having to deal with you know whatever is going on at, ha- at home 
But if you fast forward in the future, a child living with complex trauma may have trouble with romantic relationships, friendships, with authority figures, such as teachers or even police officers. So what I'm asking for you guys to do is just be a little bit more compassionate and be a little bit more patient with your students doing distance learning because you don't know what's going on at home and there isn't anything wrong with them, it's just something happened to them. So that's why all month I'm going to be doing no blame no shame suicide awareness september is suicide prevention month so join me on ig and as we continue on with season three as i continue to shed light on trauma and trauma-informed care it's really important to understand that trauma is something that happened to you and there's nothing wrong with you i hope you found this mental mini to be informative and helpful just remember that I am a guide to mental health and wellness, but not a replacement for seeking out professional help. Follow me on IG at my Black Mental Health PC and on Twitter at MBMHPC for the latest. Send me a DM or a message to let me know what you've learned and what you'd like to learn next. The more you know, the better you feel and heal. Cheers to happy healing.